Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, as well as access to Daily Digest from The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Post, in addition to access to guided meditation programs. Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time, allowing you to listen while running errands, cooking, exercising, gardening, or just relaxing at home. This year, my self-care practice centers heavily on creating space to learn more. So I'm currently listening to Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, who is also the author of Eat, Pray, Love. In this title, she shares her own creative process and urges listeners to challenge themselves, find their own personal outlets, and above all, to stay curious. Self-help not your thing? No worries. Audible has literally thousands of titles to help you on your wellness and self-care journey. To start your free trial, yes, free, visit audibletrial.com slash bewellsis. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bewellsis for your free trial. Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. Ooh, sis, how are you doing? How are you? How are you feeling? Um, what's new? I hope that you have had a good week and that you're in a good space mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things. I, I just hope that you've had some joy in your life. I really do. Um, I'm doing okay. I, I, I don't want to complain, but, but your girl is tired. I, and I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> um, I just, lately I've been having a hard time prioritizing things and, and just making sure that it all gets done. Um, honestly, my issue is that my insomnia is back. And uh, yeah, so when I don't get any sleep, just nothing gets done right. Um, so I have to do it a second time or I move at half pace. So that's what's going on with me. Um, to be really real with you, um, the things that are stressing me out and I'm having a hard time juggling are good things. So I'm trying to keep it all into perspective, you know? Um, they're good things. I just have to figure out how to prioritize. And hopefully one day I will not be a one-man show and uh, I'll have some help. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm going to be, um, I am grateful and I'm just going to figure out ways to get some damn sleep because this ain't it. Like sleep is just so critical. It's so crucial and I can't live like this, not for long. So anyways, this week on my radar is this really beautiful company um, called Soup Full of Comfort. 
And you're like, beautiful girl, why? Because they're beautiful because of the intention behind their product. So I'll give you some backstory. I actually was on my friend's podcast this week. Her podcast is called um, Chatting Over Chowder. Yes. So anyway, she's a joy. I love being on her show. It was a good time. Listen to her show after this one. (laughs) But I say all that to say that part of her, um, I guess, guest experience is that she actually has this company, Spoonful of Chowder, send you a beautiful package for you to have. And the idea is that you have the soup while you are um, recording the episode. So when she asked me for my address and all that good stuff, I was expecting like a little personal Campbell size type of soup, you know, no bells, no whistles, you know, I had no expectation really. But what came to my door, baby, it was a beautiful package of a large 60-ounce soup full of goodness. The soup was delicious. I am a foodie. My pastime is eating. I love to eat. I love food. I I have an opinion about things. If things aren't right, if they are under-seasoned, over-seasoned, I I have something to say about it. The soup that I chose was... um, Poblano chicken chowder. I had no complaints whatsoever. Not only was it a beautiful display, um, it came with like a full metal ladle with like a beautiful bow on it. It came with um, like half a dozen yeast rolls, which were chef's kiss. It came with um, a beautiful note inside. Um, The boxes are really heavy duty cardboard with a print on them and on the inside. And the idea is that you flip it inside out and you reuse the box. So beautiful. I'm trying my best to be more conscious about my waste and how much waste that we produce in this house. And I, and I love the fact that I can reuse this box. The pattern is so pretty too. One of them, the smaller one is like pink and with like some uh, like polka dots or like flowers on it. And the other one is green with like a pattern on it as well. It's just the intentions are great. So anyway, the, the soup was great. The packaging was great. So naturally I had to go on the website to find out more about them. And in searching their website, I realized that this soup was created by a woman who had lost her mother to cancer. And in her mother's last days, all she wanted was a bowl of homemade soup. And I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, they were not close to each other. They may have been in different cities, maybe even different states. And she couldn't give that to her mother. And unfortunately, her mother passed away um, weeks later. So she launched this organization in order to provide comfort to those who um, just could use that comfort, whether they are ill or they're homesick or or whatever. And I just think that's just so beautiful. So in looking in their at their website, I noticed that they also have um, different types of packages for different scenarios. So they have like thinking of you packages. Um, they also have packages for new parents. They have um, for those who are homesick. Just so many different packages, different soup varieties. And baby, it tastes good. So with that said, I am no longer sending flowers. That's lame. That's old. That's, that's 
Mm-mm. I'm no longer sending edible arrangements. That's it's all right. I mean, it's cool. But this right here is it. If I, if you want to impress somebody, like send them a spoonful of comfort. So with that said, I will link it down below in the show notes. It is not sponsored, but I'm telling you, if I love something, I want you to know it too. So anyway, that is all I have for this segment. So moving on, let's talk about this week's episode. I had such a good time listening back to this to this conversation. This guest touched on so many topics relating to eradicating the stigma around seeking therapy, especially as women of color, um, perspective, and just so much more. And I'm so happy that we close out Black History Month with this discussion in particular, because our chat drifted to the topic of Black unity across the diaspora, and I really wasn't planning to go there. But I'm so happy it did. It, it it just fits so naturally. And it's honestly something that we need to talk about more. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times we find ourselves segmenting ourselves. And, and it's counterproductive. So who did I talk to? I will tell you. <laughs> she is the creator and founder of an app called She Matters. She Matters was created by Black women for Black women to help navigate through their mental wellness journeys. It gives them access to a tribe that looks like them and provides resources and access to culturally competent therapists. The She Matters community is engaged both online and offline, from virtual workshops to live experiences. Black women are more prone to suffer in silence when it comes to navigating depression and anxiety. And as someone who battled postpartum depression herself, Jade is on a mission to provide Black women with a supportive community and access to quality mental health care. During this challenging climate, Jade has been sought for her expertise and has been featured on media outlets including NBC, Fox, Madame Noir, Black Enterprise, The Karen Hunter Show, Fox Soul, and others. I honestly heard about her um, while listening to one of my favorite podcasts, The Read, she was um, featured among their Black Excellence of that week. And I had to pause the episode and go find her on social media, sign in them DMs because of all that they had said about her. I was just so intrigued. And I felt a little embarrassed. Like, she probably thinks I'm nuts. But I'm so happy that I, I took the chance and just DM'd her because... When I got off that phone call with her, I was on a high. I actually had to run an errand with my husband right after I spoke to her. And I was just going on and on and on about her, her app, and everything that we had discussed. And I already talk fast, right? But I was going like a mile a minute just blabbing about um, her dopeness, really. I mean, it's just so nice speaking with someone that you could literally speak to for hours about so many different things. Sis has range. And as you'll hear, she's incredibly intelligent, yet down to earth, and so much of what she said resonated with me. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thanks again for joining. I'm so, so glad you're here. Be well, sis. All right. So today I have Jade with us. She is the founder, the creator, the CEO, all the hats of um, She Matters. Um, thank you so much for joining. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. 
I'm doing well, big and pregnant. <laughs> yeah, you were telling behind the scenes that you are like in the final stretch it's about. Yeah, I'm in my third trimester. Ooh. And um just just ready for the new the new spirit, right? Yes. And and you said you have a toddler and we we're just talking about how the second pregnancy hits a little different because you have the first baby to take care of. Yeah, and I'm also older, so you know, I'm you. in my late 30s, not my early 30s. <laughs> So you get a bit, you get a bit more, you're exhausted. I'm exhausted. Um, But the the joy is I'm less anxious than I was the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though the pregnancy is different, like I have a lot of pelvic pain this time that I didn't experience with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's different. But outside of that, I've been, I've been all right. You kind of learn to go with the flow. Like the first time, every time you go to doctor, you're nervous. Second time you're like, just, just tell me what I need to do. I feel you. Yep. Um, I was saying when I was pregnant with my second, it is just so different. I feel like my body was just like, girl, what are you doing and why? Like, especially if it's like past two years, I Mm -hmm. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I understand why they say you should do it by two years. Yep. Because like I waited three years. So my body was just like, yeah, let's crank this up again. You know? Yeah. I waited four years. Yeah. Four years between my body was just like, grandma, what are you doing? Like sit down somewhere. <laughs> but so thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know you could use a nap. Of course. So I really appreciate it. So let's jump into it. Um, I love the concept of your app and I heard about it somewhere. I want to say on the read. Yes, it was on the read. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. And I had to find them. Yes, they are so dope. Um, I love what they do. Um, so I heard about them. I had to pause, listen to the podcast and hop on Instagram to like find you. And I like went into your DMs like a crazy person. So thank you. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Like that was a truly uh humbling and like just amazing experience. Uh that so many women were able to hear about us mm-hmm. and find out about our platform and get help and like join our events. I'm I'm really thankful because I had no idea. I was sitting on my couch, exhausted, right? <laughs> Pregnancy. And my phone started blowing up and people was like, you're Black Excellence on the Read. I was like, for real? Like <laughs> my publicist didn't know. I didn't know. So it was a pleasant surprise yeah. in the midst of a very crazy year. Yeah, yeah. And in a year where <laughs> we... I think collectively are coming to realize that we all could use the extra support. Like it doesn't mean that you're quote crazy. We all just need to be in therapy because life does teach us things that we need to unlearn. Um, But tell me, so what was your journey to developing this app? So I had my daughter, I was 33 when I had her and um, all my life I'd experienced anxiety, right? And I had learned to live with it. It's easier to deal with, not, I don't want to say it's easier because I don't want to negate anybody's experiences with mental illness, but my mental illness was easier for me to deal with prior to having a child, because if I needed to take a day off work and go to acupuncture and go to Ayurveda and like, I, I have a lot of Eastern medicine certifications because that's how I was really dealing with my anxiety. I had a therapist and I did all these diets and other things, right? When you have a child, that changes because your focus is not on yourself and you don't have the same autonomy. So 
I was like, one, it was worse because I was having intrusive thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like I was ruminating. Like I would have thoughts like, oh my God, like what if I throw her out the window or I don't want to walk past the kitchen. What if I stab her? And that's not exact. That's not how I felt. Right. And when I say that people are always taken aback, but that's real. And I say that because hope, not hopefully, but if someone's feeling like that, if a black woman is feeling like that, I want you to know that I felt like that. Mm-hmm. And I was ashamed of what I was thinking because I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I just kept having these thoughts and I started therapy and I told myself, if I'm not back to at least 80% of myself, by the time she's one, I would get on medication. So through exposure therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, um, and I found my my cognitive behavioral therapist on, uh, what's Dr. Oz? Oh, wow. And I live in New York. So I was like, oh, like he's the best cognitive behavioral therapist. Girl sought him out, worked, did, uh, did exposure and cognitive with him. And then at a year, I said, I'm still not all the way better. I'm still not sleeping the way I should. I'm still feeling anxious about things. I'm I'm just not myself. And so I got on medication. Mm-hmm. I'm on an antidepressant and I have been through my pregnancy. Anybody mm-hmm. hit me up if you have questions about that. <laughs> and uh, I was also in graduate school. So I'm, gra- Ooh, <laughs> I'm in graduate that's a lot. school. Yes, at NYU. I'm working. I have mm-hmm. the baby. And I'm, I mean, I was fully supported. I have my, my husband. But, you know, we do a lot. We take on a lot. And I I had, I'm in digital media design. So we had to design an app. And I said, well, I really want to talk about my journey because graduate school was really difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Being a new mom, being out of school for a while, being the only black person in the program. Ooh, talk about it. Yes. And so I said, well, I'm going to make, I'm going to make this app. She matters. Right. And so I created the app. I did all the background and I, and I turned my thesis project into and so she matters. So, wow. yeah. And it actually, it started before the app. So let me tell you, I had a, a brunch in Newark mm-hmm. called, um, it was, it was the mental health, black women's mental health brunch in Newark. Mm-hmm. And it was sold out. I had a, a woman, she's a teacher named Valencia Clay. She was our guest speaker. She came out. But the the reaction, the response that we got was so overwhelming that it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just started to, like, really journal my journey, write everything down. And I took all of this and took other women's experiences and said, like, we need a place that we can go during postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. So there there she matters. Oh, and we're and so grateful. Matters. Absolutely. And, you know, from very young, we're taught subliminally on some level that we don't matter. Like we're taught to cater to everybody else. So there's nothing left for ourselves. And what you, so you internalize that as like, you really don't matter. They do, you know, and your kids, your man, your mama, your sister. Yes. Everybody else matters, but you don't. But you, right. Um, you mentioned you did two types of therapy. You said cognitive and exposure. Exposure. Okay. So for those who don't know, what are the difference or what are they? <laughs> so cognitive behavioral therapy is not a therapy that's going to dive into your background. They're not going to be like, so when you were three, your mom said, no, it's about what you can do right now to change your behaviors. Those anxi- the, those anxious driven behaviors or 
and um and exposure therapy. So I was afraid of knives. So I used to have to take a knife and like put it to my hand. Ooh, that's tough. And like it, yeah, like I had to bring a blanket because I was afraid that she would have SIDS. Mm-hmm. I had to I had to literally play with the blanket and and with my daughters so that I would feel like to to retrain your mind to know that your mind's playing tricks on you. Yeah. Like and it was so I would say exposure therapy was so different because your mind really does play tricks on you and it is about controlling and understanding how to control your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so it really you know what both therapies really gave me a lens into um the world of mental illness and the way we speak about mm-hmm. mental illness and and I and I changed a lot of my vocabulary because I was I felt like I was two steps from crazy I'm pretty sure I was but what is crazy right, right? like yeah. so <laughs> I try not to say I try not to use crazy to defi- define my experiences I felt crazy I wasn't crazy I just had I was just dealing with really bad anxiety yeah yeah, that, that I that I realized my entire life I have been dealing with. Yeah, that's I have OCD. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's interesting about dealing with postpartum because I dealt with postpartum depression and anxiety, um, with both. Wow. More so with my second child. My second son, he had complications at birth that came out of left field. Um, mm-hmm. Everything was fine. And then we had a placental abruption and he was a NICU for a little bit. And when he came home, I was so grateful that he was healthy, that I was healthy. But then I was so exhausted from everything that I didn't realize that I was suicidal. Um, mm-hmm. My doula called me and she just to check up on me. And I was, and she was like, how are you doing? I was like, I'm okay. And like, we were talking and she's just like, girl, you're not okay. Like I'd go to bed, like praying I didn't wake up after I had such good things happen, you know, like my son's healthy, like my older son's healthy, like we're in a good space and I'm just like, I'm just done. And that's when I went back to therapy. Um, I'm like, this can't be, this can't be life. But but each, each time you have a baby, you're experiencing something so paranormal like like let's talk about that for a second yes the experience of giving life is not human it's like as much it is it it is human you are seriously doing god's work yes and so that journey takes your mind different places because it's a very spiritual event Mm -hmm. so i know what you mean because like when i had my daughter i was so grateful that it made me scared. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like I was so happy that she was healthy that I had this fear of like, I don't want anything to happen to her. Yes. And that can make you borderline crazy because we, you have to put your trust in something else, like a higher power, be as careful as you can. Um, and, and really you have to leave it up to something else because we don't control the day. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think when you, when you have a baby, you're so, and especially if your mom is, my mom was in, my mom's in California. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have like your cousins, your aunties, everybody around you, I don't know who you had, but I just, it was just me and my husband and my aunt doesn't live too far. So she would come by, but it was like, 
it was just us. And I just felt so heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So I like kudos to you on getting help because a lot of women don't know that that's when it's time to get help. And kudos to your doula for noticing that I have a doula as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And she noticed something was wrong because I wasn't sleeping. I was checking the baby like a hundred times a night. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, we're two black women, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how old you are, but we're probably around the same age. And we don't even talk about this regularly. No, nope. no, nope. it's not a thing. There's so, and I, and I think it's because my experience. Another reason why I started She Matters was because every time I tried to tell somebody my family, but girl, you'll be okay. You don't have no postpartum depression. You don't even, we don't even have time for that. We black, we strong. Yeah, we're strong, but I can't, I can't lie to myself to make you feel better. Like just my mom has eight kids. I'm the oldest. Wow. You had eight kids and you, and you ignored times when you felt this way. She said, oh yeah. Like with your brother, he was her first C-section. I'm pretty sure I had postpartum depression, but I had so many other kids I had to deal with. She said, I didn't even touch him. I didn't even want to touch him. How do you just go through that and suffer? Yeah. And I told myself, I will not suffer. I value my life too much. And I don't ever want my daughter to think that she would have to suffer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Like you're modeling behaviors for your child too. Um, and same experience as you in talking to my mother about it. My mom lives with us, right? And she oh. would see me having like my crying spells. I'd be like nursing or hooked up to the, I'm pumping and I'm just like bawling. And she's like, oh, everything is good. So I'm like, listen, I'm going to therapy once a week. I need for you to like watch Aiden for an hour. And she's like, you're going to what? I'm like, I'm going to, I'm getting, getting some help. She's just like, you don't pray enough. Like you need to yeah. pray. We pray. Okay. Why would you go? You tell Jesus. Don't tell people your, your business. You tell Jesus. I'm just like, listen, like I told Jesus too. And Jesus told me to go get some help. Okay. <laughs> like, you know how many women, I don't know if you, um, if anybody is interested, um, who listens to the podcast, we had a, um, we had an event, uh, postpartum mental illness and faith or black women in faith, mental illness. And I don't know if you were able to get on or listen to it, but it went really well. It was our best event yet. And so many women have that same story. Mm-hmm. My grandmother is a pastor and she was like, we have to pray. And I'm Buddhist. I mean, I turned <laughs> Buddhist when my daughter was six months, but I had already been exposed to it. I was raised Christian, but I'm Buddhist now. Um, but my grandma was like, we have to pray and you'll be okay. And this is just that he won't leave you. And I'm like, but you have to understand that, that, mental health was given as well. We can't just ignore that. And then in so many women, so many black families, black mothers and aunts, because I really feel in my research um, about mental illness during postpartum in the black community, it is the the women who ignore it Mm -hmm. or shame you or Mm -hmm. shun you or it's difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah therapy therapy right what's that that was that mm-hmm. and don't be i'm black american don't be other don't be my husband's west indian Same. so yes uh, yeah. my mother's haitian and she was just like i could have i don't know the her look on her face was like i cursed her i'm just like <laughs> yeah he's, be he's better and i remember talking to his cousin and she was like yeah girl you just gotta like deal with it sometimes you get way low 
and you just come up out of it. And this woman, <sighs> I mean, she's a like a top tier chef. She went to culinary school in London, high school in London. You know what I mean? Like it's not like right. she doesn't have it. She doesn't have a knowledge of mm-hmm. of doctors and psychiatrists and therapists. She's like there's only one on the island and nobody likes him because <laughs> because he knows everybody's business. And I remember her saying that, but I also remember her reaching out to me once she matters started to pick up and say, you know, no one knows this, but I have really bad mental illness and I just keep to myself and thank you for doing this. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, it is. That's tough living on an Island. And if there is just one therapist who, you know what I mean? Like that is real tough. Like something I didn't even consider just being able to live in like a, a larger city where there's different people and it's not such a tight community medical community or otherwise um yeah that's a good point that that's one reason why like we did a slight pivot with our um online you know help and in the app it'll be available tomorrow actually um we're doing our beta test with she wins we already had a small one but we have something called she wins and i'll talk more about that later if you like yeah but um through the app you have exposure to uh like black therapists and therapists who are um culturally competent Mm -hmm. so if you are in you know IET if you are in Dominica Mm -hmm. and you are in the island you can still use the app feel me beautiful yeah (laughs) beautiful um so tell me more about um she matters so you have an app where we can find culturally competent therapists um and you can find community Mm -hmm. resources um a lot of a lot of women look and can't find that's, that was my experience. I was searching the internet trying to figure out like, Oh my God, are other black women experiencing this? Cause white women will talk about their postpartum all day, but like we weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that there was a place where other black women could hear other black women speak about it. So all of our events are turned into pod, not podcasts, but they're turned into videos that are available online. We have articles online. You can just reach out to us for help. We'll help you find a therapist that's online and on the app. You can do that all yourself. Okay. So tell me about She Wins. So She Wins is an accountability group through She Matters where we have twelve week a 12-week class where women join and you talk about something that you really want to do and we hold your ass accountable. It has to be about you, like your journey, something that you maybe put to the side or that you've been wanting to do. And it's for Black mothers. And uh, our co-founder, Marguerite Pierce, she's a life, certified life coach. And we created a workbook for it. And it's just support, support for your dreams. Because it is hard to stay on task when you are a mom. Yeah. Even harder when you're a Black mom. Yeah. And you got a job and you got a baby. And so we just want like so, so often we put our wants and needs to the side. So we want to be there for other women and help us get some of them, those successes checked off, right? Some of those experiences, some of those hopes and dreams that are really in within our reach, you know? And so it, it starts tomorrow. So tomorrow's the ninth. Mm-hmm. And then we have another class coming in 12 weeks. And it's free and you're getting like a $4,500, you know, class for free. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Definitely. If you're interested, you can go on shematters.io 
and uh, click on the She Wins tab and fill out the intake form. And if you miss this class, there's always another. What would be appropriate to sign up for um, She Wins? It could be, I want to finish a book or I want to launch a brand. Okay. Like we can't tell you, like we don't, we don't measure the goal. Gotcha. Because as a mom, when's the last time you finished a book? I mean, I. <sighs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my only like resolution for this year is to like read more. Cause it's, yeah. You'd be surprised how many moms want to read more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it could be anything. It could be one of your goals could be to save enough money to go on a trip. Mm-hmm. You know, what, whatever I it, it, We are not there to judge the goal. We just want to help you get there. Oh, love it. Last two questions that I always ask everybody is, um, the first one is, what is a book that you would recommend um, to the tribe? It could be about anything at all. Um, I've I've read so many books in the last three years because I was in graduate school. Mm -hmm. But one book that I really, really, really loved was... um, Trevor Noah's book. Really? Yeah. I've walked past I, that so many times. And I was like, hmm. And then I, I didn't love get it. that book. It's such a good story. It's so genuine. Mm-hmm. It's it's about like accomplishing and coming from like really hard knock life and times. And I appreciate those stories of triumph. And I always try to read. I had a mentor years ago tell me, read nonfiction books. <laughs> you know, like read things that that are helped. I mean, I've read a lot of books around entrepreneurial uh pursuits and things like that but i think i think people's stories are more influential yeah and trevor Trevor noah's story is amazing and i actually read his book when i was working in south africa last year oh wow yeah it was it was a it was an amazing experience and i went through nyu so i love south africa shout out to anybody who listens from south africa listen i'd move there one day so it was just really it left a great impression on me Wow. South Africa is um like beautiful. Kind. I man, this is the sidebar. No, I haven't been there yet. You know what really like made open my eyes to South Africa was um a show on Netflix. Um that was it's like really a teen drama to be honest with you. But it was so well written and so well acted. I just love seeing us in different like places and these were like all rich kids. Um, I don't know, some like mystery. But I'm like, oh my goodness, South Africa is gorgeous. Like all it of the looks, shots. It looks better than the States. I don't know. Where it you looked look. it. Anybody who listens, if you if you can, if you are a person of color, I don't care what island, what place, where you are from in the diaspora, go to South Africa, change my life. And I took my daughter with me. Oh, beautiful. Listen, make- this is like my, my dream. Like I'm like two years. I need to like make it to the continent one and then definitely to South Africa. I would go, I would start there. I've not been to West Africa. So shout out to all my Niger people. I've not gone there, but mm-hmm. I went and took that 20 hour trip. If I could do it, you could do it. It's so worth it. It was so beautiful. I learned so much about myself wow. and I have a pride. Like I think being black American is different. Like my husband has a pride that I don't have because he's from the island. There's a different mm-hmm. pride. Y'all have a flag and, and a <laughs> language, you know, he speaks, um, Mm-hmm. And and so there's something there that we don't have. So I think the experience is even maybe one that's more eye opening for Black Americans because you really get to see like this is where we're really from. And that's where we're all from. But you just 
we don't have the same things that some other people have. So yeah, I got you. Like you know, Afro Brazilians or Cubans or whatever. Yeah, no, I hear you. My husband's um, Black American, and just in learning about like what Black Americans have built and created, and just in terms of like culture and just influence, I have now have Black more Black pride just in learning all that we have done you know what I mean um because he's said what you've said in in some ways right like he's like well I'm just black no 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 No, you're not just black like I I can't explain it but like just learning you know this as I other people see us different and granted you know and this is a whole nother conversation but Mm -hmm. you know people from the Caribbean and from Africa you know from the continent talk shit about us you know, like they're lazy, they're this, they're that. And that's something I know, you know, but at the same time, uninformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the same time, we're so influential. Yes. Yes. When you think about black, you think about black Americans first, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and everything that the immigrants are able to, um, all of the fruits are from your ancestors labor. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't tolerate any of that. That nonsense talk. I got an argument with my husband's cousin when I was pregnant with my first one because he was talking about Black Americans and he knows I'm Black American. And he was saying like, you know, I feel like Black people need to get over slavery. And it was just, when I was done with him, we're very good friends now. Because <laughs> so, when I was done with him, I just, I said, look, look at, look at how the colonizer, because he said something about uh, affirmative action. He said, why do black people want affirmative action? And I learned this when I was in grad school, what is affirmative action? And he said, I believe it's just free money. So what? I didn't know what it was because he came here later in life. Right. I said, no, affirmative action means, um, that people of different races, colors, creeds, religions, genders, mm-hmm. sexual orientation, get jobs. I said, you work for the government. He's in DC. You work for the government, right? you probably got your job from affirmative action and you don't even know it because they're definitely checking the black box with you. Yep. And I said, look at, look at how great of a job the colonizer did that you would take people that look just like you and say, even if it was free money that they don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we deserve it? We built everything here. Period. Message. Period. And, and the fact that he's been able to immigrate, my family's been able to immigrate here, it's because of all the civil rights work that was done in the 60s that opened up um, visas and and all that. Shout out to the Caribbean people who came here and were a part of the movement. All of, all of them. I mean, Malcolm X was Trinidadian. Yeah. Marcus Garvey was Jamaican. Yeah. Like, you can go down the line. So, I think we we we've done that to each other where we're more separatists now. Right. Because back in the day we was all black. So right. let's get, back. get back to that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um the last question that I have for you is what is something that's brought you joy lately? Spending time with my daughter and my husband together. Yeah. Because before the pandemic. He worked all day. I worked all day. She um, she was in daycare and we have a nanny. So it was like, we would see each other on the weekends, like go to sleep. And so I feel like our relationship has been strengthened. Yeah. 
because we've been home and some people are like, oh, it makes you crazy. I mean, we're, we're in a New York City apartment, so it's but so big, right? Mm-hmm. But um, he still goes twice a week out to work, but I miss him now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, oh, he's at work. I miss him. <laughs> and and I miss my daughter when she goes to school and she's back in school. Um, but it's just like you have this different appreciation for each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I did have I had COVID. Oh, I have an appreciation for life. I'm very thankful. Even I know that sounds crazy, but I'm thankful for the pandemic because my daughter and I both had COVID. And I just realized like life is way too short. Yeah. I sat there for till day 14. Like, am I going to die? Like, it was just really scary, you know? So, yeah, you, you, some things seem like curses and they're really blessings. So, yeah, perspective. Perspective. Yes. You are so, so dope. I'm so grateful that you took the time to talk to me. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will link all the information about um, She Matters down in the show notes, the website app link all that good stuff and um yes thank you so sign much up, sign up for she wins i'll bother you if you don't so uh, i am sign up, sign up. <laughs> Go to the website and, and for those of you listening um just know that if there's something that you want to do just do it like this podcast is is something amazing she matters is amazing all of our ideas matter thanks again for listening to this episode of the be well sis podcast for more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.